Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM with me, Valerie Wheeler. I'm with you until 7pm. Another great lineup of guests for you tonight. Breej Corkery, 18 All-Ireland medals. Just, she doesn't know where they are. She is fresh off her Lake Regale episode on TG Car. Breed Stack will join us live from Australia to chat about her injury ordeal and how she's enjoying life to the fullest. Fiona Hayes will join us in the Women's Six Nations as Ireland are away to Wales and it is halftime and they are absolutely killing it. Colm O'Sullivan will bring us Cork City reaction and of course he'll be chatting to Ronnie Whelan a little later on in the show. And Rachel Blackmore, she's making history. We're going to be chatting about that in just a little bit. All that and more on the Big Red Bench and Cork's Red FM. Afternoon and welcome along to the big red bench on Cork's Red FM with me, Valerie Wheeler. I feel like it's Christmas Eve. The excitement level here in the big red bench, it is absolutely crazy between the Ireland rugby team playing absolutely unbelievable and Rachel Blackmore making history. I did mention we'll have Breach Corkery, Breed Stack. We'll have a Cork City reaction from last night. We'll also talk too about the Congress. Uh, the Camogie Congress was on today, so there has been a permanent change, some rule changes. I mean, Today, for women in sport, I mean, today has been an absolute great day and this is why I'm so excited. I will start with the latest news of the day. So we will start with racing. Rachel Blackmore, as I said, has made history again today on Manila Times for Henry de Bromford and JP McManus as the Tipperary jockey is the first female jockey to win the Grand National at Aintree. It is absolutely amazing. I was watching her afterwards. She was speaking to ITV and she just couldn't. I think she was so shocked. She said it's unbelievable, just unbelievable. She did say, I don't feel male. I don't feel female right now. I don't even feel human. I can't believe I've just won the Grand National. So a massive congratulations to Rachel. And hopefully I will get a chance to chat her over the next couple of weeks when things have died down and she gets a chance to let it all sink in. But what an absolute hero and role model she really, really is. Speaking of more role models, it is the Ireland rugby team. It is half time. It is 31 nil to them in their women's Six Nations. Um, they are also um, in Cardiff. They're playing away. Emer Constantine and Bavin Parsons with two tries each. And it's just absolutely great. We will have Fiona Hayes a little later on the show to chat about their performance. And it's great for them to get a great start in the Six Nations. I can't see them losing it at this stage. England scored nine tries this afternoon in their 67-3 victory over Italy this afternoon. Um, it just shows the professionalism between the two teams. England are the only pro in it and Italy get their expenses only paid. Um, so it's just scary to see what's going to happen. Does it mean the professional teams are going to run away with this Six Nations? But I'm delighted to see Ireland throwing their name in that. In golf, Shane Lowry is level. Uh, Pars through one hole of his third round at the Masters. That leaves the Offaly native in a tie for 25th on the leaderboard at Augusta. England's Justin Rose has one stroke advantage over the chasing pack on seven under. Um, Rose came second at Augusta in 2015 and 2017 and this would be his maiden green jacket. Now, it is a full time at Anfield. Shane Pinnington was at Anfield first. Let's take a listen. Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 1 and the champions finally have their first home win of 2021 after leaving it late to see off Aston Villa. Holly Watkins fired the visitors in front before VAR ruled out a Roberto Firmino strike. But Mo Salah then headed home and equaliser early in the second half for the hosts. Trezeguet then saw an effort smash off the post for the visitors 
visitors before two minutes into added time and in front of watching England manager Gareth Southgate, Trent Alexander-Arnold curled home the winner from 20 yards out. Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 1. Chelsea lead Crystal Palace 2-0 after just over 30 minutes of play in the final Premier League game of the day at Selhurst Park. Um, also, the earlier game uh, saw Leeds beat Man City 2-1 in the first game of the day at the Etihad. The visitor reduced her 10 men just before half-time with Liam Cooper showing a red card for a dangerous high tackle. Now, I will get to it in just a little bit, but uh, role model, inspiration, legend are just some of the few words that I could use to describe my first guest in tonight's show. 18 All-Ireland medals, 16 All-Stars between football and camogie. During the week, her story was shared all around Ireland and the world as this lady's story was on TG Cahar's Lake Regale. The response has been absolutely amazing and really overwhelming for this woman and about time she got the recognition for her success in both codes. Breach Corkery, Breach, welcome to the Big Red Bed. Thanks, Valerie. How are you doing? Good. Breach, the first time I ever spoke to you and ever did an interview with you was the 2016 All-Ireland Final. It was my first ever All-Ireland Final. It was your one of many and I was almost as excited as you were because it was my first Ireland as well. Yeah, um, I suppose we had had a great uh, run of things, I suppose, is what you'd say. so I suppose, look, when you got to our learners and you won them, they were fantastic. They were, you know, those couple of minutes after the game when you meet all the, the team members, the management, and then meet your family after is fantastic. But there was days as well that we didn't, we weren't successful. And I suppose that was a good reminder uh, to try and, you know, play and train as hard as you could to, to get the right results. Looking back now at all the success of the team and your own personal success, you know, have you had a chance to realise that it was something special? Um, yeah, I suppose at the time I always just, I, I always enjoyed the moment and then just kind of forgot about us, you know, move on. Um, just enjoyed the couple of days after, but be a club championship or be it, be it in the county, it was always just good to enjoy the, the moment that was there. Um, I think it'll take probably a couple of years to really realise how how wonderful it was, but I think I I definitely enjoyed the moment as they were there. But again, I I did just move on as well, I suppose. It's it's lovely to see how humble you are and all, but like you do have eighteen All Ireland medals and sixteen All Stars. And I remember asking you in the pitch. I had to listen to the interview earlier on just to see how young I was listening to it and how you were after winning. And I said to you, you know, where did you keep all your medals? And you were like, I didn't have a clue where half of them were. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah that's yeah I don't I genuinely don't know where they are. Um, I was saying your man probably has them stashed somewhere, and uh, then we were looking from there for the the, the Laker Gale, and uh, we couldn't find them anywhere. Mam Mam didn't know where they were either. So yeah, but so it's the memories you want, like you know, um, that's all you want about it all, and the friends we've made out of it, and the opportunities we've got out of it has has been huge and. You know, at the end of the day, that's all you want. The medals aren't going to prove anything to, to anyone. To be part of both camogie and football, Reed, you know, a dual star, it seems to be a thing that's dying out now. You know, players can't probably commit to both, but they're being fixture class and stuff. And for you yourself being a dual player, is it such a pity to see that happen? Yeah, I, I, I find it very disappointing. I, I think if players are capable of doing this and able to do it, um, I think they, sh- they shouldn't be squashed out or they shouldn't have to make a choice. That's my own personal opinion. Um, I think, you know, if you're if you're well capable of uh, playing the two, 
and playing matches back to back and stuff like that, then I, I think it could be, it, it can be managed and it, it, it all comes down to, you know, no matches clashing on the same day. It comes down to management within the counties talking to each other and I think it comes, you know, the, that that has to start for the for the whole thing to come under the one umbrella. I think it has to start like lower. It has to start in the club scene first. I mean, there's always club matches clashing, and then you have to go within the county, and then you have to go, you know, up to the national the national system then as well. So it's a work in progress, but I I would hope that it would happen soon. Yeah, I think it would be nice for it all to be under the one umbrella because you might get more attention towards the ladies' games then. Yeah, and like I suppose the the more the more that's there, the more power you have. You know, like you know, you're backing each other all the time rather than pitting against each other. So, you know, I just think under the one umbrella, and I think everyone should have the the opportunity to play both games because they're both fantastic games to play, um, and we're both we're we're the same sport. Like I understand sometimes if you know, a soccer match might clash with a Camogie match or a football match that, you know, they're different kind of associations really as such, but we shouldn't be separate associations, I think, Henry. Yeah. When it comes to the both games, it's probably asking you like, who's a favourite child really, to be honest, but <laughs> do you have a fond memory from each code? Let's say, what would have been your favourite Camogie game to look back on? Is there one that sticks out in your mind going, that's something that I'll always remember a specific game? Uh, yeah, sure, of course. Like, as in, I love the bottom. I, I will always say I was definitely a better footballer. Uh, like, you know, I just wasn't a very skillful hurler. Um, kind of everybody knows that. So I, I wouldn't have been a very skillful footballer either. But, uh, you know, I just think I, I would probably, football just came that little bit more naturally to me. And I suppose the 2014 final for me was, I just think everything about it was, was, was very special. Um, and then I suppose in the Kamogi, uh I think maybe the twenty fourteen, the two thousand eight and the twenty forty, the twenty fourteen finals of the Kamogi were were very very standoutish for me. Um, I nearly gave up in two thousand seven. After two thousand seven, I I wasn't too sure whether I was going back or not, and I went back, and it was a thoroughly enjoyable year, which was which was lovely, you know. Um, and then of course twenty fourteen, we had we hadn't had success for a couple of years, and. You know, just everything came together and, you know, we had great management and great selectors and um, trainers and stuff like that. So that was a special year as well that, you know, for not waiting for a while and to get back on top was great. I know um, on Thursday night, your Laker Gale um, aired on TG Car and I'm, I watched it myself. And I must say, I found it quite an emotional watch. Um, for the first time in a long time, I actually felt myself tearing up a small bit watching it. But you yourself, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. You, you don't want to go there, do you? Uh, no. So I, I went out for a run for myself. I was probably looking like a lunatic running around the roads at half nine till quarter eleven. Um, I just, I couldn't, I, I, I've never watched back matches. I, I've never, you know, I've never really watched back anything I've ever done. So... And um, no, it was lovely. Then I was nearly finished my run, and, and the messages started to come through. And you know, it's just something I need to sit down now and start replying to. Um, I had deleted Twitter with the last couple of weeks to so I wouldn't have to see anything. Um, and I just, I suppose, I downloaded it just to, you know, just put something up and say thanks to everyone or whatever. But I still haven't come around to to doing that yet either. So yeah, we'll do it. Um, and. Um, but it was kind of overwhelming a small bit. Um, but, you know, like uh, Dearman himself, he's he's saying I should sit down and watch it. But um, 
yeah, I think I'll have to take another bit of time and, you know, maybe sometime privately on my own, I might give a look at it. But for now, I'll, I'll just forget about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it is, so, it is something really special for you to have. I think it's really nice for you to have done it. I'm sure your family are ever so proud. And I did watch your parents and, you know, they said, I suppose at the time they didn't realise how well you were doing. And now to look back and see all the achievements is crazy. And they said they probably didn't really appreciate it at the time. Yeah, I suppose we're like, yeah, I think, you know, I, I do think maybe in time it will be nice to maybe to look back. And I've always said that, but for the moment, I suppose I'm just still kind of uh, just kind of, you know, I don't know, li- li- uh, just reliving it myself, reliving the memories of myself. So that's enough for me at the moment. Um, I think, you know, as my family have said, it'll be lovely for the small lads when they're older to give a look at it. And it's lovely for I suppose for mum and dad to, to see it and the shirt the lads at home only gave me a bit of a mocking anyway, so, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll give myself a bit of time. I, I might watch it eventually, maybe, but for now, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just text people back and say thanks. And, you know, I did get a lot of message saying, you know, people were very emotional about it and I, I think, you know, it was, it was nice to hear that and it brought back such good memories for a lot of past players and stuff that I've played with and that was nice. Yeah, I was myself watching the reaction on Twitter and I think you will be even more overwhelmed if you get a chance to even search your name and or check your mentions yeah. on Twitter. I Maybe you should stay away from it for a while. There's, there's people wanting statues of, you, statues of you in Cork and everything now, Reach. Oh, God. <laughs> Here, do you know, like, I suppose, look, that, that's the thing as well that comes and goes. But, you know, we all know, like, and I've... I, you know, we've said it so many times that without the rest of the girls around us, it would have been a nobody. So, like, they might as well put a statue up of the whole team rather than just just one person because it it's one person doesn't make a team, and we all know that. All the players know that, and we just you know we got on well, and older girls got on with the younger girls, and the younger girls coming through settled in nicely, and that was that was just a lovely thing to happen, and. Uh, I remember going back to the Camogie in 2018 and a lot of the younger girls were very welcoming, which was which was very nice because, you know, they could have they could have been mad at me for coming back halfway through the year thinking who the hell I was. So that was, you know, that was nice and it was nice to get a welcome from those girls. And, um, I, I you know, you have to appreciate those things. So it's all about the team and, you know, um, it's it's nice. Something else that was quite evident in it was your um, personality and how bubbly and, you know, how much up for the crack you are. I must say there was a few bits in there. I think a lot of people are um, shocked about the fact that you had a Mars bar and some Skittles in your skirt in some games. <laughs> yeah, sure. Look, I suppose, look, I know I'm half daft myself. Um, <laughs> look, I, I am who I am and I, I can't change that. Um, and I, I, you know, I just try to be myself and... Um, whether that's been half daft or not. And, you know, I suppose everything's a learning curve. Uh, you make mistakes every time. Um, and, you know, I suppose, you know, what, what you thought was okay now in two or three years' time, you might look back and say, okay, that actually wasn't okay. And, like, you know, when I was thinking about, like, you know, saying about the drinks, going for drinks before championship matches, I was like, God, will I, will I regret it saying that? Because it's, you know, it probably, it probably isn't the right thing to do. It's not the most professional, but I do find everyone has their own body. Everybody should know their own body. And if they're not performing, that's where they need to stand up and say, okay, I'm not performing. I need to change something. So I think, you know, eventually I was good to listen to people. It might have taken a couple of yelps, but I got there. No, it was very refreshing to see you be yourself. It was, 
because I think a lot of people nowadays, when it comes to media, you know, they're quite reserved and they don't really want to show themselves. They might be media trained. They might say, don't say this, that person do say that. So it was really nice to see you and yourself shine. But the support yeah. has changed down through the year so much, I think, for the game in itself. And I think it can only go in one direction, which is up. I mean, even when you first started playing, there might have been many going to the All-Ireland Final. But that even year in 2016, there was a record-breaking number. And look, it's just it must be amazing for you to see the change that has happened over the years. Yeah, I suppose I would have seen a change in from the start to you know to the end, you know, especially towards kind of the professionalism. And I think I was very lucky to come at a time where things were starting to get more professional. I mean, when Fiona Driscoll came in, uh, we were very lucky with Damon on the football side, and Fiona came in then, and she really, she really brought us to a level I thought in the Camogie, To be honest, um, you know, like it wasn't just turn up to training and hit as many balls over the bar as possible. It was, you know, there was a there was a structure to everything and it was fantastic. All her running had a reason for running that much, you know, and uh, it was, she was, she was fantastic. So I think she started it and it just progressed from there. And I think where Pawdy has brought the professionalism now is, is just unbelievable as well, you know, and the people he's brought in in the backroom teams and, you know, any men's team would be down for, for that as well. So we're, we're very grateful. And it's, as you said, it's only upwards. It's going to go. Yeah, and you did you did touch on Eamon quite there, and unfortunately, recently we did lose Eamon, you know, and I think a lot of people came on the show and they spoke so highly of him, but to, to ye, he was a father figure, he was a grandfather figure, he was so much more than just a coach and a manager at Bridge. Yeah, uh, Eamon was brilliant, I think, you know, he was brilliant to everyone, like, he wasn't just a trainer or, or anything like that, he was a mentor to a lot of people. Um, both in the GA circles um, and both outside of it, you know, college and the whole lot. So, um, Moraine, my sister was only telling me the other day, we went to Miami for um, one of our winning holidays, whatever. And she was in leaving cert and she had her Irish orals a couple of days after coming back. And they were in the airport or something like that on the way home. And um, he, he asked Moraine how she set for leaving cert. She was like, oh, I'm my Irish orals now. Um, a couple of days time and he kind of half gave out to her for being like why didn't you ask me to help you I could have helped you and she was like you know he didn't have to say things like that and as she said she was she was just one of the panelists you know she you know and he just that was the type of person he was he was great for things like that just he loved helping people and um, you know we're, we miss him fiercely um, and you know you'd still get very kind of you know lonesome when you when you think about him and stuff like that so um, yeah he was I remember one uh, when you say grandfather figure I remember I said that one time at one of the All-Stars I'm not too sure did he like it much at all but yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> we had a good laugh but he, he kind of he'd have a way of kind of like half giving out you half messing with you like you know and he was like who the hell do you think you are calling me your grandfather I was like oh well. <laughs> but um, yeah so yeah he, he was he's wonderful he, he'll always live in memory as the most wonderful person we know and we're so glad to have shared that time with him yeah it's amazing and I'd love I'd love to spend forever and a day talking to you but I know we're caught for time today but it was so lovely to talk to you and maybe once you eventually watch your Laker Gale we'll get you back <laughs> on for a chat will you promise me that area yeah Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> that's a, that's a firm <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs>
I must say, oh, before I let you go, I, I'm, I might play in just a little bit that interview from 2016 because it probably was my last chat with you. And I did ask you, I said, oh, will you be back next year? I said the last question. And you were like, yeah, I don't know. I'll see if my legs will take me there, you know. But you said yeah. that you knew that was your last year. Yeah, like I had an idea. Like, I, I yeah, like I had said, you know, towards the end of the year, I was getting tired of it. Like, I, I think it was just accumulation of everything. Um, you know, working on the farm, um, out a couple of days a week, or out nearly every night of the week, and burning the candle at both ends as well. That's why I could never be a professional sports person because I just love going calling home to my family, and I could stay at home till one o'clock in the morning, like, and then trying to be up, get home, be up at six again, and just I just burn the candle at both ends all the time, like, and um, you know, I suppose. Yeah, I had an idea it was my last year, to be honest. But I suppose I didn't tr- want to make any decision or I didn't want to, you know, even in 17, I, like the start of 17, it took me four months to tell Paddy I'd go back. And even more, I'd say five months. And then I told him I'd go back and I had to retract my statement. So, um, so yeah, I think, it, you know, it was it was time for me, really. And, you know, it was it was great. Yeah, I'd say we could see you back yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're hardly ever annoyed <laughs> well if you do uh, mind, you're a true legend of the game and thank you so much for joining us alright lovely thanks a million Valerie cheers Bridge Corkery challenged me this week I could have stayed all day chatting to her but from one legend to another Cork star and now AFLW star Breed Stack joins us all the way from Australia the other side of the world Breed Stack welcome to the show <laughs> thanks a million Valerie how are you keeping Good. It is great to see you smiling and in great health with a beautiful tan. How is life in Australia at the moment? Um, it's mighty. Yeah, we were at um, the Sydney Easter show today. So um, so that was fab. Um, it's basically like the equivalent of the plowing championships. Um, so it was, um, there was farm animals and tractors and we were going up for amusements and everything. So great day out. So we, we're fairly weary now after it, but um it's, I suppose we're trying to make sure that we enjoy every single day out here, given the freedom, you know. Yeah, I know. For a lot of us here at home, we're finding it very difficult to watch on everyone's Instagram stories. and But at the same time, we're delighted you are getting that freedom and hopefully soon enough we'll have it here as well. But how has life been since, you know, how long have you left there? Are you due home anytime soon? Um, yeah, so the season for the Giants, I suppose, effectively finished last week. Um, uh, yeah, so there was like exit meetings and stuff last week. So, um, because they didn't make finals, um, it, it kind of finished up for them then. Um, but basically it's, it's at semi-final stage now for, for the four teams that are in it. So, um, you play nine weeks of kind of a, a championship season and then there's three weeks of finals. So like your kind of quarterfinal, semi-final and, um, and then your, your grand final then. So they run off in three weeks, three consecutive weeks. So, um, it's brilliant. Like it's unbelievable to watch it week in, week out. Um, but yeah, so our season is effectively finished and what it means now is kind of, 
Um, I suppose a lot of the girls have kind of moved on. Um, girls that are like summer based in Perth, Melbourne, um, Adelaide, um, Sydney. So there's kind of from all over. And um, I suppose, yeah, they kind of kind of go their different directions um, kind of once the season is over. So um, we are going to probably stay on for another six weeks or so. I suppose a lot of it is dependent on um, on how things are at home. Um uh, we must give in our kind of, um, I suppose, our expectant dates are right to the club because they must try to sort out flights and um, a lot a lot of pre kind of booking well in advance is needed. Just, I suppose, given um, especially, you know, we'll try to avoid having to do quarantine um, if possible, you know, coming home into Ireland. So, um, yeah, so we're kind of estimating maybe around the, the end of May, start of June. Good. Well, uh, you're kind of coming home at kind of uh, GA time, Breed. It's you know, it's GA's return. I don't know. Would you be? Would you be tempted? <laughs> oh God! Straight into strap the ankles and away we go. Like you know, I say we're we're um we like that's I suppose a big thing. Like to come home when um when things are in, in a good position and um I suppose just very important that when we come home we're able to see our family as well. You know um. So up to, I suppose, the 12th of April probably wouldn't have been in a position to see them anyway. So, um, you know, um, I suppose, look, we'll um, we'll give it the extra couple of weeks just to make sure that we can um, freely, I suppose, get up and down to them. And um, look, the GA is back, like all well and good. We'll, um, we're training away here anyway. And um, it'd be great to, to slot in as well with, with, um, with our clubs, you know, when we go home. So that, I suppose that's the big thing, like to get back to a bit of normality as well. Yeah, look, you were excited and I think a lot of people were very excited for your journey abroad. And I think nothing probably prepared you or your family what, for what did happen out there, Breed. And I know it's been a couple of weeks and stuff and it's probably still very raw and not easy for you to talk about. But you did have a bad injury and thank God you are on the better side of it now. But how was that day for you in general? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. It was, um, yeah, sure, it was a very difficult day and a very challenging couple of weeks. Um but I suppose time is great healer too. And um, when I when it happened, we were in a hub situation with the team. So I suppose effectively that like I, I've never suffered a, a serious injury, thank God. But, um, you know, if I was to suffer it, I suppose being in a hub situation definitely made it a lot, a lot easier. I had um, a massive a support unit around me, um, especially through Cork and Cora. Um, and then I suppose having... My small boy there with me as well made it made everything a lot easier because he didn't care if I was injured or, or not injured. Like, you know, he just wanted me to get up and play and everything every single day. So um, that made it a lot easier. And the girls used to come down and wouldn't even knock on the door and come in and say, right, go on away, go for a nap or, you know, go for a shower. And we look after the small men. And, you know, it was just a wonderful support system, I suppose, in the early days of it. And it just made, um, you know, those initial, I suppose, coming to terms with things um, a lot easier. And um, I suppose then look as the weeks went on and I started getting stronger and, and feeling better and was able to do more and more kind of day by day. Um, you know, look, um, I, I've, I've kind of made my peace with it and, um, you know, delighted that um, the outcome wasn't worse and, you know, counting my blessings and I'm just really enjoying the whole experience. And I suppose I've learned so much about myself as well. So I have a lot to take away from this experience. Um, I suppose, look, you know, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days um, and good experiences and bad experiences. And it's all about balance. And, you know, I think kind of life does balance itself out um, in a way. And as if I was to look back now on my experience as a whole, it's just it's been one of the most remarkable experiences of my life. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted I did it. I'm, I'm proud of myself that I did it. And um, I suppose, look, 
that's that's um, how I am about it now, and I, I'm delighted I came over. Yeah, I mean, you're a very mentally, um, obviously, a mentally and physically strong person, Bree, to come through something like that, because other people might have given up and came home. But you were so, you were so like, Breed saying, no, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to try my best to get back and get back training. And you did. Um, yeah, well, I suppose I had done an awful amount to, to get myself out here in the first place. Um, so I suppose the fact, look, that that happened, um, yes, it was a, a stumbling block. I probably was a bit um, pig-headed in thinking that it was a massive stumbling block. Um, I kind of had set myself little goals um, kind of along the way because I think if I looked too far ahead, I probably would have come a bit undone, you know. But um, I think setting myself small goals every day kind of gave me, you know, a little bit of, um, I suppose, great focus week in, week out. And um, just training with the girls and being in a professional environment just went um, yeah, that I was I was mad to come back and I suppose mad to get myself um, back onto the field. And um, look, I suppose I, I fell a bit shocked of it, but um, I was delighted to finish off training with the girls and being on the field with the girls. And um, like I'll continue that training now for another couple of weeks before I head home. Good. How is the neck and how is the recovery? Good. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing loads of kind of um, assessment tests kind of the last couple of weeks and um, it's incrementally getting stronger and stronger and um, all my tests are getting better, which is super. Um, I suppose because I had um, three CT scans kind of close enough together um, and that was probably my own doing, I kind of pushed the surgeon to, um, to get me a scan a bit earlier just because I I wanted to try to make it back. So um, I pushed for an earlier scan. So because I've had three CT scans close enough together, um, my last one now has to be kind of pushed out um, just to give the, the thyroid, I suppose, a bit of a break. Um, so, yeah, so because of that, he's kind of still not allowing me back to um, to contact. So while I feel perfect and ready to go in and um, train away as normal, um, I suppose he's just holding me back a small little bit, um, which is, I suppose, completely normal and um you know given that he can see that the break is fully healed and everything is is safe and structurally fine around it um so i suppose w- once i get the green light that'll be in about four weeks time um i'll be i'll be on to do a bit of contact out here and um, and then come home and hopefully be able to play a, a ga season with the club at home you know yeah, no, it's brilliant. And I think it's so amazing the way you're looking at things. You're itching to get back. You feel like they're holding you back nearly at this stage and you don't have any fear at all about getting injured again. Um, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the first match back goes. I, I don't know. I'll be putting my head first into things like, but um, like I suppose, look, it's it's um, just small steps and like that. I'll do a couple of training sessions here and and try to keep up the fitness. And I suppose, look, if you're if you're um coming home a bit fitter, like that, you're probably at a bit of an advantage. Um, you know, as opposed to coming home cold turkey. So, um, yeah, look, I I'll keep up the fitness anyway and keep up the the next strengthening and sure. And um, we'll see how that goes. I'll I'll whip out the neck brace if needed, but uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it under under the bed there for another bit. How did you find writing those diaries for the examiner? They were really honest. Um, I think a lot of people at home here really enjoyed them. How did you find doing them? Um, I suppose I was extremely apprehensive about the first one. Um. I was, um, I suppose, yeah, like I was very upset kind of um, doing the first one. I was very frustrated and um, I suppose because I felt that I I kind of wasn't, 
maybe getting a right to reply kind of here. Um, I felt it was important, I suppose, for myself that I defend myself a bit. So that was the reasoning behind the first one. And um, I suppose, yeah, look, Tony Lean was was delighted maybe with the response to it and asked me would I do a couple of more. And, you know, I said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I, I don't know if I'd have, you know, much more kind of material for him, like, you know, um, but look, as as it transpired, there was a, a couple of kind of, I suppose, um, milestones along the way. And um, I suppose looking back at now, I, I'm glad that I kind of have a little bit of a timeline to look back on when I'm, you know, old and grey. So it'd be nice to look back on it. How is the small one enjoying the life of a professional mother um, going around the place on airplanes and being treated? I mean, at the moment, he looks like he's about 30 ants going around the place to breed. He's so many people looking after him. Yeah, he's like one going on about fifteen. He's um he's great all track now in fairness. Um he's he's after getting really, really sociable, which is brilliant to see, I suppose. Um, you know, when we were at home and I suppose during the first two lockdowns, um he was very, very young. But uh, I, I'm delighted that, you know, now that he's at the stage where he's um kind of walking and talking and kind of um and getting used to being around people, it's lovely that he has the freedom to to be around people and um like he's just immersed completely into the group here and um you know the girls are absolutely mad about him and they take him off and he goes so freely off with all the girls which is which is super you know so he's become very sociable which i suppose from our point of view is very important and you know we love seeing that uh trait come out in him yeah before i let you go i just want to touch on maybe the bond that yourself and cora have grown to share over the last few weeks i know she's been there for you along with your husband of course and your son but you and cora for years you were rivals in the pitch and it just seems like this lovely friendship has really blossomed over what has happened out there yeah it has um and as guess we're like in ways the two of us be deadly pig-headed and kind of um i suppose maybe take um in in some aspects like you know but um it's it kind of it definitely blossomed kind of on on our way coming over she's absolutely wonderful with kids it's so obvious you know that she has um you know a host of niece and nephews at home because she's absolutely wonderful with Cork Hogan you know he he calls her Hogan now like you know he can't he can't really get the R at the moment but uh yeah so he's he's absolutely mad about her and and she's mad about him and um I suppose yeah those initial couple of weeks when I was um kind of laid up and um I was a bit upset and you know she was um a very um very easy listening ear and um you know she gave me some great advice and and she was always there to help out with Cork Hogue as well and I suppose um give Cork and myself um a bit of reassurance whenever we needed it. Um she went through a fairly horrific injury herself. So I suppose, you know, I, I would take a lot of uh, solace by from what she said to me, you know, and kind of um I, I learned a lot kind of from her um over the I suppose over the initial couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, we're, we're only living about 10 minutes from each other here, 10 minutes walk from each other. So we're, you know, we're up and down to each other kind of every day and always doing stuff together. Like, you know, so, um, so it was, yeah, like it's, it's gas. I, I wouldn't have said a couple of years back now that we'd be, <laughs> that we'd be heading out to Summer Bay together, like, you know, and, um, <laughs> we took off on a road trip there on Tuesday and, um, she's just very easy company. And yeah, I suppose we definitely, we're, we're similar in, in ways and, um, Yes, like I said, she's very easy company, so it's um, it's made the trip very enjoyable. Brilliant. We look forward to you coming home and maybe tearing up the club scene for a while, but where do your temptations lie with returning and giving this a second chance? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I suppose, look, um, thankfully the club are um, 
you know, they, they've said that they're happy to see me back as well, which is, I suppose, the, the biggest thing that I, I didn't know if that was something that was going to be on the cards. And um, look, I'm extremely grateful to, to them, I suppose, for giving me the initial um, chance and I suppose maybe for seeing something in me um, going forward for, for next year, if that is a possibility. But um, I suppose, as, as I said in the examiner, you know, it's uh, it would be an absolute no-brainer if it was just myself and Cork um, and we were footloose and fancy-free. But, you know, um, I've kind of reined myself in every now and again. Um, I would obviously, I suppose there's a competitive, competitive side of me that would absolutely love to go back and, and, um, and do it all again. Um, but I suppose then, look, there's another side of me then that has loads of responsibilities at home. Um, like we have a business as well at home, which... Um, I suppose we have um, we've uh, Corks brothers that are, are working like dogs at home. So it's um, I don't know would it be very selfish of me to um, to you know uproot myself in Cork again next year. So there's loads to think about, and I've I've four grandparents there that have uh, that have already started giving me the curly finger to come home um, with the small men. So there's loads to consider, um, and I'm sure look we'll weigh it all up in the next coming weeks. Brilliant. Well, I, I feel it. I feel part of me might see you returning there. I just don't think you're the type of person to let that lie, not give it a second chance for you. But I, I know you're not going to reveal anything to me anytime soon anyway. But the company is my core supplement. You might as well give it a shout out. I recently bought some weights. Can you not tell? <laughs> you're looking lean, Valerie. You're looking lean, girl. Um, yeah, so yeah, my core supplements. Um, yeah, based on Bishopstown and uh, Deliver nationwide. So if you're ever <laughs> for some um, for some supplements or, um, or for some gym equipment, um, call out and the, the lads be very ha- happy to help you out. Brilliant. Bree, thank you so much. And the very best look. We look forward to you coming home, all right? No better. Thanks, million Valerie. Chat to you Thanks. soon. Breed Saka chatting to me. Uh, just absolutely amazing person. I feel quite overwhelmed this evening on the show with all the women doing so well. We'd breached Corker on earlier on. We had Breed Stack and all. Now, Morn Abney, Emmy Lane. Morn Abney, Emily Lane has made her debut for Ireland. She is on the team. We'll chat more about Ireland in just a little bit with Fiona Hayes. And there's plenty more on the way next. The Big Red Now, I did mention at the start of the show, Rachel Blackmore has made racing history by becoming the first lady jockey to win the Grand National. She booted Manila Times to a memorable success in the world's greatest steeplechase to book her place in racing folklore. I mean, Mike Vince has described history mid. Let's take a listen. From in second place, Balco de Flo, and then in third place, any second now, Burrow Saint can't get any closer. But we're watching racing history here. Manila Times and Rachel Blackmore with Balco de Flo is trying to close the gap on it but it is Manila Times and Rachel Blackmore who will make history and land at the Grand National from Balco de Flo then any second now in third and then Burrow Saint followed by Farkler in behind those but what a story what a jockey and Rachel Blackmore wins the Grand National what an amazing achievement. I mean, she's conquered Cheltenham and now she has conquered Aintree races. She has made history again today on Manila Times for Henry de Bromford and JP McManus as the Tipperary jockey is the first female to win the Grand National at Aintree. Afterwards, she was speaking to ITV. Let's take a listen. It's amazing. Rachel, history maker. Rachel, history maker. Oh, I just cannot believe it. He was an absolutely sensational spin. Um... My God, what Henry de Bromhead does with these horses, I don't know, but it's, I'm so lucky to be riding them, and I just can't believe her after winning the Grand National. This is unbelievable. Rachel, oh. you, 
You understand this is arguably one of the greatest moments in this fantastic sport and boy this horse strained every sinew for he was just incredible he jumped beautifully and i was trying to wait for as long as i could um you know i, I didn't feel across in the melling road i was running away with, with horse but uh when when you know when we jumped the last and i asked him for a bit he he was there and it's just incredible it really and rachel is. we all know those of us who work in this game that you just want to be a jockey but you are the first female to win the world's most famous horse race such a such a tricky race to win well done uh, thank you i don't i don't feel male female right now i don't even feel human this is just unbelievable Ladies and gentlemen, back in front of Thanks, the Well done to Rachel Blackmore. We'll let the photographers take their pictures. History team, history. History is right. That was Rachel Blackmore chatting to ITV Racing after her grand national win. She is an absolute superstar. And I think that quote from Rachel Blackmore will be remembered for a long time. I don't feel male. I don't feel you. And I don't even feel like she just imagine the feeling that she must have right now. It's absolutely amazing. Congratulations and well done to her. Now I need to go in and calm down for myself for a couple of minutes. It's been quite overwhelming the last few minutes on the big red bench. Now we look ahead to the rest of the weekend's Premier League football with some big games tomorrow on Monday. Colm O'Sullivan has been looking ahead with Ronnie Whelan again this week. Republic of Ireland international and former Liverpool captain, the legendary Ronnie Whelan again this week. And we're looking ahead to Sunday's football and indeed Monday's football as well. Uh, the rest of the weekend's Premier League football. And Ronnie will start with the first game of the day on Sunday. And it's a battle um, between Burnley and Newcastle. And Newcastle, like they're really down there now. And is it fair to say they're in the thick of a relegation battle? Yes, and I don't know whether they've got enough to get themselves out at this moment in time. Fulham are on a bit of a run there, trying to drag themselves away from everything. And Newcastle are right back in there. They, they've got to be very, very careful. And it's a hard game going away to Burnley. But, you know, Burnley, they, they're more or less safe. They can stay up. Um, so I don't think they'll be 110%. Um, so I think Newcastle could go there and get a point. West Ham and Leicester, that's a real top four battle of a game, isn't it? I mean, West Ham are right up there. They're pushing. They're, they got it to fourth last week. Leicester are there in third. So, I mean, this is a huge game in terms of Champions League football for next season for both teams. You wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, would you? <laughs> that West Ham and Leicester are really going to be in the top four at this stage of the season even. Maybe Leicester. But this is a big game, as you say, for both teams. Again, it's one of... I, I, I don't know. I, I can't call it. It's one of them where you, you, you think, well... Both of them going for top four. They don't really want to lose it. Neither of them want to lose it. So they could be both happy with a point. Both happy with a point there. Um, would Spurs be happy with a point against Man United? Mourinho's under big, big pressure now at Spurs. Um, they need to pick up points. They're outside the top four. The least they would have expected at the start of the season would be probably to finish in the top four. Uh, they do have the League Cup final coming as well. But a big, big game against Manchester United, who again had a good win in Europe during the week themselves. And will fancy their chances of beating Spurs at the moment. But do you think Mourinho can get a result against his old club? Um, Mourinho, capable all the time. Spurs, capable, very capable. Um, whether capable enough to beat Manchester United, I'm not too sure. Um, United, as you say, Europe, um, good result. Flying in the league doesn't look like a problem for them at all. So um, I think United will go there with confidence. Um, but Tottenham, um, they can't lose either. 
they, 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 if they lose, they, they, the top four is gone for me. Um, so I think Tottenham on this one, I think Man United will do enough just to go there and, and come away with a point as well. Sunday night game then is Sheffield United and Arsenal. Sheffield United, they're gone. They've been gone quite a while. Arsenal have had a very indifferent season, really, haven't they? And like people are asking questions now about Mikel Arteta as well. How do you think the season has been for Arsenal? I mean, you'd expect them to beat Sheffield United, but they need to be doing better, don't they? It's so up and down. Um, I wasn't, even though it was against Liverpool last weekend, I wasn't happy with the way Arsenal went out and played it, how they, when they've got Lacazette and Aubameyang up front, you know what, you've got to go and attack sometimes. They seem to try and sit in, catch Liverpool on the break, which they never got the ball back. Liverpool kept taking the ball back off them. I thought um, how Arteta went about it was all wrong. I was delighted that Liverpool won the game, but um, I think he's been coming in for a little bit of stick now, Arteta, which he wasn't getting. He was playing some young lads who were doing okay, so people were happy. Now it's going against them. And people are not happy. So Arteta's under a little bit of pressure. Two games then around here at the weekend on Monday evening. West Brom and Southampton and Brighton and Everton is the other one then as well. And Everton, will, will they still harbour hopes of the top four? Or do, you, or do you think they're they're kind of out of the running there? No, I think they'll still they'll still fancy the chances to get in the top four. We, we've mentioned some of the games. Uh, Tottenham, West Ham, Man City, Leicester. A lot of them are playing each other this yeah. weekend. But that could be an opportunity for Chelsea if they or for sorry if Everton win at, at Brighton to get themselves right back in amongst everybody else. Right, Ronnie, we're hoping for a bit of luck this week with the bet. Um, last week, Chelsea ruined it for us with, with losing to West Brom before it even started. So who are we going to go for this week? We're going to try and win a nice few quid this week, I think, are we? We're going all out for a big one. Three draws. Three draws, three big draws. This pays 34 to 1. Spurs versus United, West Ham, Leicester and Burnley, Newcastle. Three draws, 34 to 1. 34 to 1. We want to big up the cash, win loads of cash for a charity here in Cork this week. Um, so three draws in those three games and fingers crossed we can get the three draws over the weekend. It's a big weekend of football. Looking forward to it. Ronnie, enjoy the, the football and the golf, the Masters over the weekend as well and we'll chat to you next week. Cheers, Colin. Thank you. Ronnie Whelan chatting to Colin O'Sullivan as usual every week on the Premier League. Now back to racing. Rachel Blackmore has been chatting more to racing TV and has reflected on a glorious success. Let's take a listen. Yeah, look, this is the Intergan National and uh, I just can't believe we won. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one second. <laughs> me through the race. Re- reimagine it for us. Yeah, look, I just got a fantastic passage um, the whole way through the race. Manila Times is unbelievable. Like, he, he jumped fantastically. I don't think he missed a beat anywhere. Um, I was able to, you know, he was able to, to travel into a gap. Um, I felt like I had loads of space everywhere. Um, you know, it was just, I, I, you couldn't wish for a better passage around in a race. Um, he travelled well. Um, yeah, he was just unbelievable. You know, he really was. Um, his jumping was just second to none out there. And, you know, f- for me, like, you know, I just think, you know, I- I'm so lucky to be riding these horses for Henry de Bromhead. You know, he trained a one-two there. That's an incredible as well. Um, and, you know, th- that can't be forgotten either um, in the whole thing. And I'm so privileged to have these colours on as well. Um, you know, to ride for JP McManus is always a privilege, but to be able to win a race like this for him is is phenomenal. Um, it's been a tough year for their family. Um, you know, it, it's been a tough year for their family. So I hope this can uh, can make things a little easier on them all. 
Rachel Blackmore, she's just absolutely amazing. She's absolutely outstanding. What a role model. Now, sticking with racing, she did mention Henry de Bromhead. He had an incredible month and he did take a 1-2 today at entry. He also spoke to Racing TV. Look, it's amazing. It really is, um, as I say, like just stuff you dream about. Incredible. Uh, Rachel was brilliant on him. Um, amazing to do it for the McManuses. And uh, just, uh, yeah, you know, we got a lot of luck all the way around. He winged fences and just got a clear run. And it was just incredible. Yeah. And back of the flow is amazing. in second. Oh, brilliant. Just to run, but not, didn't yeah. Like that. yeah, no, absolutely. Look, he's a class horse, as we all know. And he just lost his form. But Rachel was convinced he was really enjoying the cross country that Cheltenham when, when he unfortunately uh, came out. Thanks, Robbie. And um, uh, so, yeah, brilliant to see him run so well for the Racehorse Club as well. Like, it's just fantastic. Yeah. And is this a race you used to dream about winning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it was <laughs> a very distant dream, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, of course it is. You know, anyone in the jumping game, these are the races you want to win. And it's just, uh, yeah, just feel so fortunate. And how about this partnership between you and Rachel? She just keeps making history, doesn't she? And she's yeah. just knocking these barriers out of the way. What would you say about her? Oh, she looks, she's brilliant, isn't she? You know, and, and we're so lucky to have her. And, you know, I think they broke the mold after her. You know, she's tough out. She's brilliant. You know, just what, what more can you say? Yeah. But it's a partnership, that. isn't it? It's, she's, she's a key part of your team and so important to the development of all of your horses. Absolutely. I mean, you can see where, when she joined us, how we've gone from strength to strength with her. You know, she's a fantastic rider, great team player and just a, a lovely person to work with. Henry de Bromhead chatting to Racing TV after Rachel Blackmore's success today, making history yet again. Hopefully in the next few weeks, I've my fingers crossed that I will get a chance to chat to Rachel once everything has calmed down. So hopefully you will have hear that on the Big Red Bench in a few weeks' time. Now back to Colm O'Sullivan last night Cork City he um, new signing of Cork City of course is Jack Walsh he started in the first game for the club last night and put in a man of the match performance as the lone striker despite the result and Colm O'Sullivan spoke to Jack at full time let's take a listen Yeah happy to make home debut obviously the result wasn't uh, what I what I wanted for a home debut um, wasn't good enough for sure look we drive it on training this week now and hopefully change it next weekend How did you rate your own performance? Um, a lot of people on line saying they were quite happy to see you up front tonight um, yeah it wasn't too bad uh, maybe had a couple of half chances could have done better uh, maybe could have got a, got a couple of shots more on target could have got a couple up but yeah not too bad um, personally but obviously that doesn't matter yeah um, Cork City were, were on top for quite a lot of the game but couldn't really finish off the chances as you said and Athlone got that sucker punch there in the second half but um, obviously very very disappointing but he did have play, played quite well I suppose overall really Yeah look we had a lot of the possession um, we felt we didn't create enough with possession we kind of just knocked it back and forth didn't really break the lines good enough um, felt we weren't productive enough with the ball didn't create enough created a few half chances didn't finish them just wasn't good enough um, there was there wasn't any positives really in the dressing room um, not a great start to the season um, it's not good enough we're working hard at training we're just it's just not working for us at the moment um, so we just have to go back to the, the drawing board this week put in a good tough week's training and um, hopefully turn things around as soon as we can look it was a bit better in that we had 
possession more we had a lot of the ball but still we're just not creative enough and as I said we're not productive enough with the ball so we need to change that around we need to turn that around I think we've seen now every every game in this league is going to be tough yeah. and it's going to be a dog fight um, so look we just have to make sure we're ready for that fight and I think we will be so we'll try and drive it on again next week yeah, playing the full night the League of Ireland, how notes of it is the difference compared to senior league? Uh, yeah, look, it's a big step up. Um, it's tough. Everyone's faster. Everyone's stronger. Um, you get punished if you have a heavy first touch. It's it's a big step up. Um, yeah, the legs are tired now, so we'll get in for recovery tomorrow. And. That's Colin O'Sullivan chatting to Jack Walsh last night at the Cork City game. Now, Women's Six Nations campaign was underway today. It's just finished. It is full time. 45 to no score. Ireland were away to Wayne's. They started that game at 5 o'clock in Cardiff Arms Park. Joining me to chat all about it, we'll try and get as much in as possible before the show ends, is Fiona Hayes. Fiona, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Hi Valerie, how are you? What a game of rugby we just saw there, unbelievable stuff. What a game of rugby. I mean, during the week, right, when I was watching all the players doing all their interviews, I thought these girls are confident, oh my God, are they getting ahead of themselves? But Fiona, they had every right to be so confident. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, a lot of people were probably thinking the same, you know, that they hadn't put in a performance yet, so you shouldn't really be taking the confidence with you. But I suppose the big thing about that is they'd had tw- our 20 training sessions together, Valerie, which, is, which would be very unusual before a game for Ireland. So we could see absolutely they gelled together and that confidence, that confidence pushed them all the way in the game. And you know what? It was a game where we absolutely saw massive interlinking between the backs and the forwards. And it's been a long time since we've seen that and it really, really worked today against the Welsh side. What impressed you the most about this team today? Um, yeah, just exactly what I said, that interlinking between backs and forwards. I mean, a couple of the tries earlier on were scored out wide. Watching Bavian Parsons, there's a lot of talk about her and she was absolutely on fire today. Deserves all that talk about her. She was amazing. Her running lines, her tackling, everything was is really, really working for her. And she's like 21 years of age, I think, or 20 years of age. So she has a long time in rugby ahead of her. But she just has like an old head on uh, young shoulders. And the way she plays the rugby is kind of a little bit similar to Alison Miller in what she's doing, scoring those tries. And Emer Constantine in full back as well had a couple of good line breaks. In saying that, it was a very, very good um, first half. They might be a bit disappointed with their second half because it was just near the end where they scored two tries. There was a big gap in the middle where they, where they missed a few chances. So they will be looking on and have to improve on that for the French game. Yeah, it was a bit flat in the second half. And what do you think happened? Do you think that, I mean, was it, was it Ireland's fault? Um, yeah, at times. I'll be honest with you, it's probably the poorest Welsh side I've seen in all my years playing and watching women's rugby. They were quite poor in the first half. The missed tackles were terrible. I was even thinking at one stage, I think my own club team would have given them a good game. But but they literally went in at half time, and I'd say they had a word amongst themselves and they definitely came back out and defended Ireland a lot better. In saying that, I think Ireland had a few errors that they'll have to kind of look at maybe on video. But it, it definitely wasn't a case of kind of slacking off because they were winning. It was just more, just Wales brought a bit more than they'd been bringing in the first half. And I suppose then they lit it up then and then Ireland were well able to come once their subs came on. We saw another lift again and there was some impact from the bench. And a Cork woman herself, Emily Lane, came on at nine and absolutely commanded those forwards around the pitch it was great to see 
Yeah, a more nabby lady. I mean, we could, I saw them tweeting about her earlier and I say they must be so proud down there to be seeing her call. I can't imagine what her family felt when they saw her coming on the pitch. But looking ahead to next week quickly, I know you'll be back on tomorrow night with Rory giving a proper analysis because we're running out of time. But Ireland are looking well for France. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the gap between England, France and everyone else. But I mean, uh, France uh, France beat uh, Wales 53-0 and Wales were away. Wales were at home there and Ireland won 45 minutes. So I think it's going to be Ireland are at home. Obviously, next week, I think it's going to be a, a really tight game if the girls can put in a similar performance. But the one thing they were lacking at times was confidence and belief in themselves. And they've certainly got to have it after a game like that. And it's certainly after a scoreline like that. What a day for the women of Ireland. I mean, did you see Rachel Blackmore making history earlier on also? <laughs> I did. I'm actually in a group chat with all the older uh, Irish internationals and that came in the middle of it and everyone was delighted. Women's sport is uh, taking off and all the old ones that paved the way, I suppose, are, are delighted to see it happening as well. <laughs> well, look, what a day. And I mean, it's great. I'm so delighted for that Ireland campaign. They were prepared so much and they were saying how prepared they were and they really, really did give it their all. So it did in 45 nil, and you will be back tomorrow night on the Big Red Bench chatting to Rory about it. You'll be able to talk more because you'll have plenty more time. All right, Fiona? Perfect. Love chatting. Thank nice. you. <laughs> oh, you're definitely one woman to chat anyway. Go on. Good luck. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right, that is Fiona Hayes chatting to me about Ireland's uh, Women's Six Nations campaign today. Got off to an absolutely amazing start. I mean, we had such great women in sport on the show tonight. If you did miss it, you can catch it on the podcast later on. We'd Breach Corker, we'd Breach Stack, we'd Rachel Blackmore, Fiona Hayes and the Ireland's women rugby team absolutely lighting it up today in the campaign. I'll be back next Saturday from 6pm and Rory will be back tomorrow night with all the reaction from the Ireland camp. Stevie G is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.